You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Wednesday, September 16th. Hey there. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, Mike. I mean, how are we going to squeeze all of this into an hour? I don't. Well, as you know, if you listen regularly, you know, we won't probably. But we got so much to do. So let's dive right in. Of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. We'll get to the daily poll question in a little bit. But in terms of the headlines, in case you're just waking up, just getting rolling on this Wednesday, big game seven. In the NBA last night between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Didn't really get to mention it on yesterday's show. But Game 7 last night and Clippers again trying to close out the Nuggets and are unable to do so. Denver wins Game 7, so they move on to the Western Conference Finals, as maybe you heard there on uh, SportsCenter. And uh, they come back from down 3-1 in the series. They trail by 12 in the first half, but they get it done. So, I mean... There's two angles to it, right? The impressive nature of what the Nuggets do, but also the disgrace of what the Clippers did. But, I mean, so impressive. Jamal Murray, 40 points on the night. Jokic, a triple-double. So uh, that's part of it. But I think, you know, maybe it's because it's sports talk radio. Maybe I think the more impressive thing is blowing the 3-1 lead when you're the Clippers and have never been to a conference final before. So the Clippers... Uh, excuse me, the Nuggets are the first NBA team to ever rally from down 3-1 in a, uh, twice in the same postseason. They're just the third team in U.S. major pro sports to ever rally from down 3-1 in two separate series in the same playoffs. The others, 85 Royals, and of course the uh, 2003 Minnesota Wild. Who can forget the uh, Wilds run? from back uh, 17 years ago. But, I mean, wow, so impressive. But then on the other side, ooh, fa, the Clippers, everyone's pick before the season. I mean, now look, the season went a whole lot of different ways, but man, oh, man, they again failed to make it to the uh, conference finals. And uh, when you talk about pointing fingers, you got to point. You need a lot of fingers, boy, right? Kawhi Leonard. Held to 14 points on 6 of 22 shooting. I think it's safe to say, not only have we seen the last of the Clippers for a while, I think we've heard the last of the Kawhi is the greatest player since Michael Jordan talk. I think it's safe to say we can put we can take that one. You know, like when you have your old your kids' old uh, schoolwork and uh, it's been on the fridge for a couple of weeks and you don't want to maybe throw it out. The wife will be mad at you, so you take it off the fridge and you stick it in that drawer. I think we can stick that one in that drawer. That one goes in that drawer. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard, oof. Uh, Paul George, playoff P, as, uh, as he's been known to be called, held to 10 points. The combo were held to uh, 2 of 18 in the second half. Yikes. They, were, they, they didn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter. Doc Rivers' team blows a 3-1 lead for the third time. I mean, think about what that means. There's only been 13 teams to have blown 3-1 playoff leads. And Doc Rivers has coached three of them. Now, of course, the the Clippers, it was what, five years ago, 2015, when they blew the lead to the Rockets? But here you go again. And uh, when you put together the team that the Clippers did, and they can try to spin you. It's not just about this year. Paul George tried to to put that out there. It's not just about this year. No, they're a win-now team. They were supposed to win this year. 
And the Clippers actually traded more first-round picks for Paul George than he had field goals. That's bad. And now it becomes, how you know, not just the embarrassment of this and trying to put the pieces back together. They don't have a tradable first-round pick until 2028. That's uh, that's that's going to be a little difficult to do. You know, you can't just run it back, right? So I, I think that uh, we'll see how the day goes. And you know, me, I'm not the, the the greatest NBA fan in the world. I like it. I watch it. But you'd have to think, right? Doc Rivers is done, right? I mean, you can't change all the players. And it doesn't really seem like between cap space, tradable assets, that they really have a lot of maneuverability in terms of changing the players. And, you know, people will bring up about, um, you know, maybe you trade Paul George, maybe you move on from Doc Rivers, which I would think that that's the most likely scenario there. Uh, but, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you have to be a little concerned about him too, right? I mean, he's a guy that left the uh, the model NBA franchise uh, in the league and then last year left the NBA champs. So when you have a league that is very star-driven as the NBA is, there's a lot of positives, but if you're Doc Rivers, that's a big negative, my friend. That's a big negative. So, uh, yeah, what a, what a disaster for the Clippers. You know, we've been looking forward all year. Clippers, Lakers, Lakers, Clippers. It happens a lot of times, right? You're looking forward to something all year, and, and it seems like a lot of times there's always that one team that does not make it. Lakers already there, so they'll face off against the Nuggets, who, I mean, the list of teams, right, we're down to four. It, it certainly seems like now Lakers are, I wouldn't say maybe a lock, I mean, what what the the run that the Nuggets are on is, is very impressive, but boy, oh boy, they are the overwhelming favorites now. Uh, even when you know a lot of people, uh, maybe not a lot of people, but some people thought you know maybe the Bucks can knock them off, maybe the Clippers can knock them off. So now you're down to the the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat, and the Celtics. And uh, while that was a great game one, the Heat take game one against the Celtics, and that block by. Um, by Bam Adebayo uh, was uh, sensational. Magic Johnson calling it the greatest block in, in NBA history. A lot to be uh, played there, so that series is you know just one game. But uh, it certainly seems like the Lakers, maybe not a lock, but uh, very, very strong favorites. Let's put it that way. All right, so that's the top story of the day, 1-800-919-ESPN. The second is the Yankees are back. Oh, the Yankees are back. Yes! The Yankees are back, at least for a night. I mean, they still got like, a lot of games against the Blue Jays. I don't want to jinx anything. But the Yankees are a better team than the Blue Jays. They should beat the Blue Jays. And last night, they beat up the Blue Jays. Oh, my goodness. Scored more than the Jets, Giants, and Mets combined over the last couple of days. 20-6. to six. The home runs were flying. The ball was flying at the big ballpark in the uh, Bronx last night. In the seven hole. Oh, there's one. Into left field and deep. Going back, Guriel. Turning, looking. See ya. A see ya. long home run into the bleachers by Luke Boyd. A three run shot. And it is 6 1 Yankees. 6 1. Wow. I, I, was that the only one they hit last night? I don't think that so. It doesn't take the five runs off the board that's happened. See ya. Make it six runs on the board. A bullet into the second deck. And now it is 7 1. The Yankees back-to-back home runs by the Bombers. 
Was, uh, that was now that's two home runs in the same game. I, I, was that all they had last night? I don't think so. That one's driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A three-run home run off the bat of Sanchez. And it's Gary Sanchez hit a home run Yankees. last night. You know they were rolling. Was that all of them? I think three. I mean, three is a lot in one game. Oh, that no, one is driven deep to left field. Did he get enough? Did he? Yes, he did. He got yes, enough. He <laughs> His 18th home run of the year, and he still leads Major League Baseball. That was a bullet, and it got out in a hurry. Oh, my goodness. Well, look, we could keep playing him. Aaron Hicks had a big one. You had the Aaron Hicks one? That was a bullet. Oh, we already played Aaron Hicks? I thought that was uh, LeMahieu. Oh, right. Anywho, Yankees... They, they, they just that, – oh, here we go. Who's this? Fly ball, right field. Who do we got there? Back. He's on oh, Clint Frazier. See ya. Yes. A two-run home run for Frazier, and it's 19-3 Yankees. Do you have the Stanton home run? Oh, no. He didn't know. All right. Uh, all right. That's fantastic. Great stuff there. The Yankees rolling around, uh, batting around three straight innings. They weren't rolling around. They were batting around. Rolling around would have seemed a bit strange, but uh, such a blowout that Gary Sand – I mean – it was 12-3 at the time when he hit his. It's amazing. You go on Twitter, and it's the land of Sanchez zombies. Um, see? See what he can do? Well, yeah, we're all pulling for him. Oh, take that, Sanchez haters. Well, I'm sorry if we hate a guy in the lineup every single day who's hitting 120. And I'm, You know, 120 batting average is not how you judge Gary Sanchez, but uh, all the other numbers also stink. So, uh, well, look, two things from last night. A, Yankees get Gio Urshela back. And I said on Saturday, out of all the guys who are hurt, I would think that he is number two. You'd love to get Judge back. He's such an offensive juggernaut and right in the middle of the order. Uh, and, I mean, the, he's just an unbelievable offensive player. But Urshela, he's, he's not that far behind. And it sounds kind of crazy to say because he, I mean, immediately gives you gold glove defense at third. His slash line now after last night, 290, 376, 342. And it, most importantly, it allows you to take an automatic out out of the lineup. You know, when the Yankees have either uh, Tyler Wade or Tyro Estrada, in the, I mean, those guys are almost – now, Wade even had hits last night, so you just know that that was an amazing night. But, I mean, those guys are just automatic outs. So by putting – as much as I love Andujar, he can't play third base. Like, it was one thing before Urshela got here in that rookie year where, you know, he, he's, he, his, his offense was so good that you kind of – I would watch him at third base. I'm like, all right, he, he's not a gold-glove guy. He's not, you know, a solid glove. But, you know, what I can live with it. But then when you see Urshela at third, you're like, oh, yeah, geez. You know, when, when you get to see the comparison that close up, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's – yeah, you got to play him at third base. And Urshela's bat, it plays. So uh, he's been a huge addition, and when you talk about, you know, think about all the the garbage that Brian Cashman hears, and it was, what, a week ago that everybody wanted Brian Cashman out of town, Uh, a lot of it is unfair. And and last night is a perfect example because you take a look at two, any team, right? And this is a problem for Steve Ballmer with the Clippers. This is why the Patriots are better than everybody else. Building a team you have to find players and coax performance out of guys who wouldn't have those kind of performances other places, right? Like, you got to get guys to overperform 
what their salary is, what the expectation is, what you trade for them, all those type of things. So Luke Voigt and Gio Urshela are perfect examples uh, for, for all the criticism of Yankee analytics. Why do you think they have those two guys? And those two guys have been sensational. Now, it's not all good news for the Yankees because Glaber Torres is apparently hurt again. I, I mean, he was out of the lineup last night. And uh, I got to be honest, I was listening to the K show when, when I heard that news. And I, I was just, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I mean, the, the dude's 23 years old. And for all the criticism of, oh, well, you know, at Stanton, he's too muscle bound. Judge is too muscle bound. Well, look, I'm sure Glaber is, you know, he's got muscles too. But what's the, what's the excuse there? Because he's hurt quite a bit too. And you know what? The only thing I, I guess my takeaway is I don't want to hear because they were talking about this on the case show yesterday. You know what? When the Yankees get healthy, I, I don't want to hear about when the Yankees get healthy anymore. Why would you assume that the Yankees are going to get healthy? And if they do get healthy, how do you how do you have any confidence that they'll stay healthy? I mean, what are the odds on that? I think the odds are listed as astronomical. So I don't want to hear about, uh, let's hope that the, the Glaber thing, is, it's just crazy to me. The guy's 23 years old. He, he's performing just fine and apparently can't walk from here to there to, without hurting his quad. It's crazy. But Clint Frazier, another big night for him. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been brought up, and Aaron Boone brought it up. I think we mentioned this on the show yesterday. Sometimes I kind of forget that he's going to continue to play left field. And, yeah, I, Jesus, I would hope so. I mean, the guy's been sensational. And it, it, this is not an example of like the other ones with Gio or Luke Voigt where, you know, the Yankees see something and you don't know whether it'll actually come to pass or not. And you take a flyer on a guy and, and who knows? No, Clint Frazier was the fifth pick in the draft. And he's had some stuff to work on last year with the defense, which it seems like now as uh, Michael was bringing up yesterday, that he was still kind of gun-shy playing the outfield because of the concussions. And In hindsight, that kind of makes sense, right? You don't want to be diving for balls or, or going hard if you're concerned that you're going to re-injure yourself. So he had to work on the defense. He clearly cleaned that up. And not that it was nearly as important as the defense, but his patience. He was very good when he came up last year, and it wasn't a long stretch. It was about 60 games or so. But in terms of offense, for a guy with the bat speed that he has, he swung a little too freely. And now he already has more walks this year than he had all of last year. His OP, uh, his on-base percentage is up to, uh, I think it's 380. So uh, saying he will continue to see, see time, uh, well, what would be the other options? John Carlos Stanton cannot play the outfield, not with the history of leg injuries. I mean, at this point... You just would like to get Stanton into some sort of a groove before the, the postseason starts uh, from an offensive point of view. You're not going to put him in the outfield. There's no other outfielders that really would warrant any action in, in, in left field. Certainly not Brett Gardner. Certainly not Mike Talkman. So saying that uh, Clint Frazier is going to continue, yeah, I would hope so. And it was, you know, the Hicks thing I wanted to bring up, his power, he's one of those guys that I, I brought up before, the power is really lacking. There was guys that, you know, last year, for whatever reason, had good power numbers. Talkman had good power numbers. Even uh, Gardner had good power numbers last year. And, and Aaron Hicks is a guy who has good power numbers and has not had it this year. Now, I don't know if it's the injuries. I don't know if it's the coming off of Tommy John. But for to see him and see the ball jump like it did last night, it's only one night. But uh, I think things are trending in the right direction there. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And the Islanders, how could I forget the Islanders? 
We will mention them more a little bit later on in the show. But the poll question for today kind of ties back to something that I, I mentioned yesterday. And we had the uh, little back and forth with, uh, I think it was Bill who called in yesterday, about uh, Sam Darnold. How there, there's a portion of the Jet fan base who will find any excuse whatsoever, take that excuse, and hand it to Sam Darnold. Their, their, their hopes and dreams have been so tied up into the drafting of Sam Darnold that they are, I think, ignoring what reality is. And the reality is, is that at least so far, now this is not to say that Sam Darnold can't be good, won't eventually be good, that he's not a franchise quarterback, but you have to be honest. You have to look in the mirror once in a while. And if you look in the mirror, if I told you back on draft night when Sam Darnold was drafted by the Jets that we'd be, we'd be at this point on September 16th of year three and that this is what it would look like just from his performance, there's other issues to be. Uh, nobody is saying that it's all Sam Not a single solitary person has called up this show, called up any show, and said the only problem with the Jets is Sam Darnold. And we take calls all the day, all day long, and they're not all golden. There's some people that bring up some wacky points, but not a single person has put all the blame on Sam Darnold. But to put no blame on Sam Darnold, I think that that's wrong too. But the heart of the show today is was something I touched on yesterday. And, you know, look, sometimes I think it's important. Uh, Elon Musk, I was watching a clip about Elon Musk. He says the greatest mistake people have generally is wishful thinking, hoping something is true, even though it's clearly not. So I think you always kind of have to go back and look at how you're approaching things. What is reality? What's not reality? What's fair? What's unfair? So yesterday I brought up, I feel like Sam Darnold fans are not all of them. I think that some have been fair and and saying that Sam himself said yesterday that he was part of the problem on Sunday, but there's a portion, a good portion, a sizable portion that will just give him every excuse in the world and will never hold him accountable. So I said it almost feels like that they are now getting involved in a cult. So that's the poll question today. What's the best example of a New York sports cult? So I could only come up with three and, and maybe by talking it through right now, uh, maybe I can come up with a fourth before I put up the poll question on Twitter at Gordon Damer. The first one, well, since it spurred the, the poll question, would have to be the Sam Darnold defenders. And by that, I don't mean just that Sam is still can be a, quarter, a franchise quarterback. No, no, no. The ones who will look at, you know what? He's got no weapons. Like, as I said, the caller yesterday, Bill, perfect example. That when I said, well, you know, what about this? What about that? It's not his fault. He can't do anything. He can do nothing. He has to He has to miss wide open receivers. He has to overthrow guys. He has to uh, throw interceptions across his body in the middle of the field to guys that are covered by three people. He has to. There's nothing he can do. He's blameless. He's faultless. And he's helpless. So those would be the Sam Darnold defenders. That's number one. The second contender for this would I, I the, the most delusional fan base in New York, which would be if I say to you, what's the most delusional fan base in New York? You'd have to say Nick fans, right? That would be the second example that I came up with pretty much right off the top of my head. And then the third one, they are a cult. They're a much smaller cult, although when we run through the test of what actually constitutes a cult, I think 
that if you were being fair, they would grade very, very high. And that would be the Gary, Keith, and Ron fans who uh, are Met fans, but it's not just they enjoy Gary, Keith, and Ron because they're fantastic. Who doesn't? But they are the ones that will tweet out, like if there's a game involving the Mets that does not involve Gary, Keith, and Ron, it's like, oh my God, I have to listen to someone else broadcast a Mets game. Oh, game is ruined. Those Mets fans. So I'll grant you, they're probably not as large a group as the other two, but we'll run through the test. Is there anybody I'm missing, Brian? Is there another delusional fan base or uh, aspect of the fan base? I don't think so. Gary Sanchez defenders, maybe? Is that a fourth one? Could I include that? I don't know. You know what? I'll include the Gary Sanchez defenders. um, And hopefully they don't allow as many pass balls as Gary does. But uh, we'll we'll include Gary, you know, because I just feel like four. I don't like doing three very often. So that's the fourth one, Gary Sanchez defenders. So the poll question, it's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. All right, so let's run through because, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the, the Jet fans, they're just, you know, they're not a cult that think that Sam is blameless. So this is a test that I found online. And look, online tests, those are, that's the final word on whether or not something is true, right? Like, that's the only way you can actually find out whether or not something is true is you put you put together an online test. So the first uh, the first question is, or the first example of a cult, the leader is the ultimate authority. All right. So what is that? Well, Sam is not actually conducting the cult, but this is what it says in terms of the number one thing that you should be worried about. If you're not allowed to criticize your leader, even if the criticism is true, you're probably in a cult. Cult leaders convince members to forfeit their critical thinking ability in return for a sense of belonging and purpose. Does does that ring true? I think that rings true. Criticism of the leader is forbidden. Boy, that, I mean, that's textbook, right? That's right out of a textbook. And I haven't cracked a textbook in a very long time. I didn't even crack textbooks when I was supposed to be cracking textbooks. That's why I wound up here. No, but uh, I think that's, uh, that is a textbook definition uh, of what is going on. Now, I think that that might be a textbook uh, definition of, of, of the other th- four, or other three, excuse me. But that one certainly is true. Uh, example number two. The group suppresses skepticism. If you're only allowed to study your organization through approved sources, you're probably in a cult. Cults view critical thinking as an infectious disease, and every effort is made to suppress it. I think, I I mean, this is not uh, Stump Rothenberg, but I think I'm two for two, right? I mean, those two nailed it. The group delegitimizes former members. Well, look, there's not, has there been, we have a lot of former athletes on our air, not on the show, because nobody's getting up at five in the morning, but... Has there been one guy who was a former player in the league who has pointed out criticism of Sam Darnold as of yet? Off the top of my head, I would say no. But if it comes, oh my God, wait until it comes. Like if 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 it ever, we uh, employ Mark Sanchez, right? Mark Sanchez still works for ESPN? I think so. If Mark Sanchez came out, imagine if Mark Sanchez came out and said, oh, you know, well, look, the, not necessarily criticism, but these are the things I see from being in that position, blah, blah, blah. 
the well, Mark, you just rode the coattails of blah, blah, blah. the criticism. Oh my, they would delegitimize Mark Sanchez if he came out and said that. You know that you know that is true. Um, the group is paranoid about the outside world. Mm. The group relies on shame cycles. If you need your group in order to feel worthy, loved, or sufficient, you're probably in it. This almost sounds like a Jeff Fox. You might be a redneck. You might be in a cult. Cult leaders trap members in shame cycles by imposing abnormally strict codes of conduct. Starting to think my wife might be conducting a cult with some of these things. All right. So that I think that I don't even know what number that is. Is that number four? There's a very strong... All right, so here's number f- the number five is the group is elitist. All right, well, that one I think does not apply. I don't think that anybody would look at Jet fans and say that they are an elitist group. So that one, that's out. But still, that's the fir- four out of five. That's 80%. Uh, number five, is- no, that was number five. Number six is a strong us against them mentality. <sighs> I mean, you tell me, right? I mean... It, it seems like it's lining up perfectly. And then I guess the last one is uh, behavior control. They deprive you of sleep and make it difficult to eat. Well, I'm not saying that the Jets are, I mean, it's not Sam that's doing that per se, but the Jets in general. So maybe that's only a half point. But even then, that's seven and four and a half. Four and a half out of seven, I think that's a passing grade. And, and much like most of these uh, tests that they put up online, if you even have like one or two signs, that's a sign that you, you might be a redneck. No, I mean you might be in a cult. So I would just say, look, the, the poll question, I think I know which way most people are going to go because uh, anytime you uh, put up anything involving Nick fans, it generally, it generally trends quite well. And at least so far... Uh, they are winning, but not by, I thought, you know, this might be like an 80%, and look, it might still get there. It's very, very early on, but uh, Nick fans is probably going to do very well. Somebody brought up Yankee fans. How are Yankee fans delusional? Uh, their their team is fantastic. So Ed2S33, as if you were a real person, I uh, I shun you, my friend. I shun you. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So look, I don't know if they will win the poll question. Because Nick fans, I think that they probably fall into a lot of the same. And the elitist one, that's the Gary, Keith, and Ron crowd. I mean, they are so, oh my God, we have the best broadcast team in in the history of sports, anything. It's like, I'm sorry, they're not going to do the Oscars too. It's like, they're so in love with Gary, Keith, and Ron. They just can't take it if they don't get to hear him one night. And they're great. I'm not even, I'm not even, how would I criticize them? Who am I? But I'm just saying that they, the, that crowd, uh, it gets a little bit much. A little bit much. All right, let's squeeze in some phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to uh, Matt in Queens. Matt, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Gordon. Hey, um, I, I'm not like a Donald defender. I'm not a detractor, really. I'm kind of in the camp of maybe we don't know. And here's why I'll tell you why. I mean, you look That's at fair. some of these great... Okay, you look at some of these great quarterbacks in their first few years, including Tom Brady, John Elway, and Joe Montana. I mean, if you just look at their stats, I don't think there's any way you can say that these guys are going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Their their numbers are pedestrian. They have, like, low 60s. In the case of John Elway, he didn't even get out of the 50s. Quarterback rating, lousy touchdown-to-interception ratios, 
you know, completion percentages are low, low 60s for Tom Brady, 50s for John Elway, low 60s for Montana. So, I mean, I mean, obviously Peyton Manning stats jumped off the pad. Pat Mahomes, okay. But, I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks, I don't – I mean, how are you going to tell? I mean, John Elway, I remember, he always certainly looked like a great player. Yeah, you know, I mean – Tom Brady had – Tom Brady had great playoff performances early in his career. Uh, Brady Montana. Brady kind of morphed somewhere. In, yeah, when he first came up, he was much more of the game manager. And then I don't remember at what point, you know, he started throwing 40 touchdowns. He had the 50 yeah. and 8. That was yeah. the 50 and 8 year. That was the year that really, you know, kind of jumped out with the stats. But before that, if you just look at stats on a page, there's no way you can tell this guy is going to be, you know, Tom Brady. Well, I do think with when you bring up Elway, uh, when you're talking like mid '80s, late '80s stats in general back then, in terms of quarterback stats, it's not the same league. I mean, like when Marino set the 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 franchise the the record for touchdowns, the previous record for touchdowns in a season I think was either 32 or 34, and he hit 48. So I mean, it's a completely different league in terms of offense. Back, you go look. A perfect example, you try to tell someone Ken Stabler was an awesome quarterback, go look at his stats. You'll, you'll look at his stats if you never watched Ken Stabler play and be like, oh, this guy was any good. I mean, his stats are terrible. So I do think it's a little bit – I think you kind of have to keep it more of a, you know, last 15, 20 years type of thing. So how do how, how you – I mean, unless you have a Pat Mahomes is jumping off the page. No, I mean, I think – How are you going to judge – well, look, Matt, and thanks for the call. I think that when you take a look at most of the guys now uh, in the last 20 years, usually by the end of year three, you have a very good gauge. Now, it's not foolproof. There are examples. There are outliers. Eli Manning was a perfect example of someone who did not really hit in his first three years and went on to be a franchise quarterback. Drew Brees is certainly an example there as well. But generally, if you have not shown by year three that you are – not that you're a finished product, but this is the guy. We're 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 locks. We are we're set on this guy as our guy. Uh, that more he shows a level of consistency from week to week that we know what we're going to get. With Sam, it's so up and down. And Sunday's performance, you know, last year I, I think that last this performance on Sunday was more alarming than anything that happened last year. And think about how bad last year was. You know, last year you lose Darnold and you got to go with Luke Falk as your quarterback. You know, that guy's not an NFL quarterback, so you couldn't do anything. That, I think, is fair. You can't, we can't do anything offensively because of this guy we have as a quarterback. Sunday, they weren't much better, and that was the first week of the season. This was supposed to be, all right, everybody, let's go. No, Outside of maybe the Cleveland Browns, no team seemed more unprepared than the Jets. And that ties in Sam Darnold, too. He was bad on, on Sunday. And for all the people, well, you know, at the offensive line, I saw Pro Football Focus was raving about Becton and his performance. I think it was that he had the top rating of all rookie offensive players on Sunday. So I'm not saying the, the offensive line is uh, all of a sudden amazing, but they weren't the primary problem on Sunday. All right, let's go to uh, – should we get another call here? Let's go to Dave in the Bronx. Dave, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Everybody's complaining about Sam Darnold, but uh, I got one too. Daniel Jones is horrible. Joe Judge is horrible. Where where they find him? Wow, wait a second. Joe Judge has coached one NFL game. He had his team in position to beat a a team that many see as a Super Bowl contender this year. 
and his quarterback made a terrible throw. I mean, Daniel Jones has played one season and one game. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, much like I gave Sam Darnold the benefit of the doubt. Well, here's here's the thing. As a Giants fan, we went from Bill Parcells and having a tradition of having defense. Our defense gets pancaked every Sunday on the same play. Yeah, they don't have a lot of talent on defense. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Dave. The defense is not very good. I think this year is about getting the offense where you want it to be, and that if that if that goes well, I think you're gonna have to add pieces. You know, pass rush is one of those things. Uh, linebackers still, yeah. I mean. We have no pass rush, and we can't stop the run. So either way, we're just going to be bad. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing I'm a Yankee fan also, because at least I get to hear everybody bash them. Oh, they're not that great. Well, you know, at least they they tried to get you there. Brian Cashman does a hell of a job getting pieces there. But the Giants have been consistently bad. We went from beating the greatest quarterback in the Super Bowl twice to being the laughingstock of the NFC East. I mean, the Redskins, well, Washington now, the, the football team called the football team. Yeah, I, I mean, Ron Rivera beat the Eagles, which should have never lost to Washington. Where, and he made that team play. I mean, you got to get a guy in there that's going to be a leader. I'm okay, Joe Judge. Never, he was with Belichick, no problem. But if you don't get your team together, I mean, even from the pick, Daniel Jones. There was other quarterbacks to go get. There was other well, people to Dave, get. I mean, I, we look, got Dave, I, I, I hear you. We Dave, I hear you. On. we we got to get to a break. 1-800-919-ESPN. Thank you for the call, Dave. Uh, look, let, let's give Joe Judge a little. I mean, geez, Louise, he, he's coached one game. Uh, and uh, there, were, you know, there, were, there are areas that need to be improved. Daniel Jones has areas that need to be improved. Here's the difference between Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. Daniel Jones threw a terrible interception. That second interception he threw, which really kind of sealed the game there for the Giants. I did not hear one single person say, what's Daniel Jones supposed to do? You know, what is he supposed to do? His offensive line is still not right. Uh, Saquon Barkley has rushed for negative 75 yards. They're, They're running at, he's running for his life. What is he supposed to do? Every single piece of analysis correctly was that Daniel Jones' pass that was picked off, terrible. I mean, he can't make that play in a second year. you got to throw the ball away, run out of bounds, do whatever. If that had been Sam Darnold, there is a section of Jet fans who would have simply said their analysis of, well, what do you want him to do? I want him to throw it away. One here, Lee through the left circle. He's with Everly down the middle. Feeds him, shoots. He scores! Jordan Everly has won it in double overtime on a great feed from the captain. The Islanders win it two to one. They stayed off elimination, and there will be a game six on Thursday night. No, Chris King, the call on was he on our air last night? Ninety-eight point seven FM, or was that on ten fifty last night? Our air, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. The Islanders staving off elimination. Can't get out those Islanders, boy. They're a tough out, so there will be a game six. Good for them. Happy for the Islander fans. Did get kind of lost in the mix with everything else going on last night, but congratulations to the Islanders. And uh, look, you know, that, that it just starts with one. Now they got to win three in a row. I don't know if they can do that, but if they're in every game and, you know, at this point the series is the series, you're starting to really settle into the series, you got to pull out another win. 
to force a Game 7. And then if you get to a Game 7, you take your shot. As close as the series has been really outside of, uh, I guess, Game 1, right? That was a blowout, but other than that. All right, so it is Wednesday. That's your moment of inspiration. But since it's Wednesdays, you know it means it's time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. And we want to get you the important news that you need. And the first headline of the day is Taco Bell is preparing to introduce its own wine. Yes, you heard that right. They're going to have their own wine. Now, this is apparently only in Canada, but if it's successful there, you'd have to think it's going to be They'll bring it to other places. They're testing it out on the Canadians before they unleash it on us Americans. What kind of wine pairs with a Chalupa? Has, Has anybody ever done a deep dive into that? I've never been a Taco Bell guy. It's still, I mean, it's, I don't know how good the wine will be, how bad the wine will be. It still can't be as bad as eating food out of a box. That, that's pretty, like, it's not even that you're, we all, you know, sometimes you're forced to get food on the run and you eat it in your car or whatever. Taco Bell actually markets to you, eat this food in a box, in a, <laughs> in a cardboard box. That's pretty bad. It's not. It's still. The, I think the worst one of all the food chains was when Subway was selling lobster rolls. What cut of lobster is uh, exact? What percentage of actual lobster was going into those things? And uh, the food in the box. If you don't have a moment of clarity where you say to yourself, "What am I doing to myself? Eating a food out of a box with a big blue drink?" Uh, that moment of clarity is probably not coming. All right. Next story. Extra. Extra. Busted drug dealers used pandemic to price gouge, according to the authorities. So what is that? They got arrested for price gouging? Not for the illegal drugs, just for the price gouging? I mean, look, if we can't trust our drug dealers to uh, to keep the prices low at a time of need. I mean, I would assume that this is really going to impact their Yelp reviews. Nobody is going to trust these guys down the road. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Planets made of diamonds are unlike anything in our solar system. So, in in case you were unaware, we don't have planets made out of diamonds in our solar system. I guess that's the news that they wanted. I didn't assume that we did. I would assume the planets are made of, you know, planets. I didn't think that they were made of diamonds. But, okay, moving on. Extra, extra. Uh, Man breaks into home and poops in dishwasher. I think this goes back to the drug prices being too high. I mean, you just get so stressed that uh, it pushes you to the edge. And uh, when reached for comment, Odell Beckham says, what a waste. What extra, a waste. Extra, extra. Uh, this week in Florida Man. Florida Man complains about slow service at a store. Gets shot in the face. Extra, extra. He's alive. He's fine. He's going to be okay. Uh, Florida Man arrested after found naked in CVS bathroom lying on dog beds. Extra, extra. Florida Man convicted of smuggling lizards from the Philippines. Extra, extra. Florida woman calls police over alligator found in her shed turned out to be a pool floaty. Extra, extra. Florida man leads police on jet ski chase. Extra, That's extra. just a random Tuesday, Dad. I mean, I think we could probably have that story every single week. Florida man busted after stealing high-end wine by stuffing the bottles in his shorts. Extra, extra. Was he working for Taco Bell? He might have been. He might have been on the Taco Bell payroll. Uh, Florida man flees police until his pants fall down. Extra, extra. And finally, Florida woman bitten by alligator while trimming her trees. Extra, that was extra. no pool floaty, sweetie. You have to be careful. When they open their mouth, not a pool floaty. That's the sign for me. All right, that's going to do it for headlines. 
The NBA playoffs are down to their final four as the Clippers just put up an absolute stink job last night in the second half, in the fourth quarter, and the Nuggets are uh, moving on to the conference finals. So really, the Lakers, you'd have to say, are now the overwhelming favorites, right? All year we're waiting for Lakers-Clippers, Clippers-Lakers. Kawhi Leonard, is he going to take down LeBron? Well, he couldn't uh, He couldn't take down anything last night. He was held to 14 points, 6 of 22 shooting. Paul George, even worse, had just 10 points. The duo combined for 2 of 18 from the floor in the second half as the Clippers now blow a 3-1 lead again after doing it. it it's only happened 13 times in NBA history, and now Doc Rivers has been the head coach for three of those teams. So uh, that's going to be a major story throughout the day here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And and really, it's not. I guess I'm focused more not on the Nuggets' impressive win as I am on the Clippers' just absolute stink bomb. I mean, that's talk about pooping in a dishwasher. That's pooping in a dishwasher right there, my friend. Uh, Clippers traded more first-round picks for Paul George than he had field goals last night. And now... It's uh, it's about picking up the pieces, and I would think that one of those pieces that are going to have to be picked up is you're going to have to find a new coach. Uh, you can't change all the players. The Clippers don't have many um, options in that. They don't have a tradable first-round pick until 2028, and uh, you have to wonder. I think Kawhi has an opt-out after next year, right? I mean, he's a guy that bails pretty quickly on things, right? When he when he don't like it, he don't stick around. He left, uh, he left the Spurs in the lurch. He left the defending NBA cha- – he wins a championship and bails on them. So he could certainly bail on them. That would not be uh, surprising at all. Yankees are back in case you – remember about a week ago, everybody was panicked. Oh, my God, the Yankees are going to miss the playoffs. Oh, my God, they're going to finish under 500. they They're never going to win another game. Now, well, look, they were playing terribly at the time. That's fair to call that out. But I think that we can all can we all we we realize that now that we were probably we could have just used the Snickers right we were just a little hangry we we're upset we wanted to lash out so we lashed out at the Yankees that's what happens sometimes you lash out even at those that you love and the Yankees uh, crushed the Blue Jays last night twenty to six so uh, Davy Garcia kind of lost in the mix a little bit because of the offensive explosion by the Yankee bats but another. Fine performance by him, and now with the rules, with no off days really in the playoffs, boy, his importance is going to be even more elevated, but uh, lots of good stuff. The Yankee offense was rolling so well last night that even Gary Sanchez had a big hit. Now, the game was, I don't know, big hit is the right word. It was 12-3 at the time, but still, Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela, both examples of Brian Cashman's excellence. Now, unfortunately, Glaber Torres is hurt again, and uh, hopefully that's not going to be a long-term thing. I do think the one thing that we can cast aside for the Yankees, as I mentioned earlier, is if they get healthy. Or, or no, excuse me, when they get healthy. It should be if they get healthy. When they get healthy, that's off the table. Uh, even if they get healthy, why would we assume that they would stay healthy? And then where we spent a good portion of the day today is with the uh, Sam Darnold Colts. Uh, we brought it up yesterday. Not the Colts, not the Indianapolis Colts, the Sam Darnold cult and that ties into the poll question which is uh, which of the following is the best example of a new york sports cult sam darnold defenders who think he is blameless for the performance on sunday and just in general uh nick fans who are look nicks don't win many games they win poll questions they they trend very well in poll questions uh the third option is the gary keith and ron fans from uh, SNY, not that they, not just fans, the diehards that when 
someone else is broadcasting either their game uh, on SNY or somewhere else, oh, my God, it's like the end of the world to them. They're not trending that well, but they have some votes. That's impressive. And then finally, Gary Sanchez defenders, who uh, every time that he does something, chime up, chime in. But when he's uh, going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, they're they're missing. MIA. All right, let's get some more calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. Omar in Brooklyn, two days in a row. Oh, my goodness. What do I owe the honor? Okay, one thing. Uh, I said it before the playoffs that Clippers are not winning the series because of Doc Rivers. Because I told you, I believe that, and it has come to proven, and I am continuously saying you throughout the year. I will rather be... I don't remember you ever bringing up the name Doc Rivers. I I, I rather, rather be Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Heat, Utah Jazz, who do not tank, try to rebuild, go for the fan base. Look at Miami Heat, look at Milwaukee Bucks. They were supposed to be terrible. Utah Jazz two years back was supposed to be the worst team in the league. Toronto Raptors, the guy Laquit, they continue doing it. The Miami Heat, LeBron James left one year, continue two years in the playoffs. Three years, seventh or eighth seeded, and now look, Jimmy Butler. Well, they found players in the draft. I mean, if you find play, if you know what you're doing, and you can find players in the draft, that's great. But when you're operating before the rules were changed, there was a benefit to tanking. There just was. That's why they changed the rules. Whenever the and last year when the free agency comes in, I said, for for my sake, I'm a Knicks fan. I said it to the Knicks fan. This guy just need money. Nobody is giving Philadelphia about not giving him money. All right, so what's you your Yankee point? Butler, before we run out of time, the, the show ends at 6 o'clock. Butler. What's your Yankee point before we run out of time? Oh, Yankee, Yankee point? I yes. said, enjoy awesome. your regular season ride in 20 years. Where are the Mets? Go- when the seedings came out yesterday, where are the Mets listed on those seedings? One championship, thank you, championship. Hello? Yeah. All right, Omar, we're, you're out of here. Uh, 1-800-919-ESPN. Can we squeeze in Eddie quickly? Eddie, go fast, really fast. Hey, good morning, Gordon. How you doing? Good, man. Quick. What, what do you got? Listen, man, I, I believe LeBron deserved the MVP for the, for the season. He should be the MVP every year. Let's be honest, right? I mean, he should be the MVP you know, every single year. But this year, he really deserves it. He really deserves it. He deserves it every year. He's the best player. I mean, like, we all come up with these. And, Eddie, i got to let you go. We're running out of time. The show's already over. I mean, it's amazing how every single day I run out of time. Um, he's, the, he's the best player. You know what happens a lot of times? People just want to write about something different, so they want to write new stories. You can't write the same story. LeBron's awesome every single year. That's a hard story to write. So you give it to other people from time to time. You give it to, to Giannis or you give it to James Harden or whoever. Uh, but no, the, the MVP of the NBA is LeBron James and will continue to be so. You know what will not continue to be so? This show. It's over. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. And it's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.